Welcome back to the HR Trends podcast studio on the floor of HR Tech 2022. Thursday morning, and we are so excited with our guest right now, Kathy Enderes from the Josh Burson Company. Anybody at the conference will know that she's a big name right now <laughs> because <laughs> new report or research was released yesterday. And of course, she's a senior vice president of research there. So, Kathy, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to join you. Oh, good. Please, could you begin by kind of talking through what you released yesterday? Because it was so interesting. Yes, of course, of course. So we released our inaugural industry study um, as part of the Global Workforce Intelligence Project. So let me tell you a little bit about the Global Workforce Intelligence Project and why we're doing this. So about a year ago, we, um, of course, there's a lot of talk about skills and roles and skills trends and skills adjacencies. And companies like Eightfold, for example, have millions and billions of data points to uh, to understand skills and roles and, and skills trends and organizational solutions to the talent shortage and to um, talent challenges in, in the market. And what we decided to do about a year ago was to go industry by industry and understand through the lens of talent intelligence that industry and help companies in these industries understand how to solve their biggest talent problems. So that's the Global Workforce Intelligence Project. Uh, we built it based on Eightfold Database, Talent Intelligence Platform. Mm -hmm. And um, the first industry we studied is healthcare. Uh, so the reason why we studied healthcare is, healthcare is actually the biggest industry in the United States. 20 million people work in this industry. One in seven people. So if you meet seven people, chances are uh, one of them works in healthcare. So healthcare is a very, very big space. And not just in the US, of course, it's big anywhere. Um, so we decided to go into, into the healthcare industry and understand both from a data perspective, but then also, very importantly, from a talking with healthcare CHROs, Rose, um, from that perspective, what is the biggest talent problem and how are they solving it? It's so interesting, and I know you had Greg Till involved, yes. who's the Chief People Officer from Providence Health System. We actually had him on the podcast a few months ago. Oh, we awesome. are big fans of Greg and Providence. <laughs> he's so inspiring. Right? Because he's kind of putting it into practice, and I know when we interviewed him, he was pointing out that the labor crisis had hit healthcare 10 years ago. Yes. Right? So yes. they were ahead of the game. Yes. But what were some of your key findings then, going into healthcare? Yeah, so we went into healthcare, and we wanted to see what is the biggest talent problem that they have and you know a lot of times you think about talent problems and you think about the skills shortage in digital skills digital like tech skills mm -hmm. what we identified that's not actually the biggest problem in, in healthcare it's not about the data scientists it's not about the tech people um, as we interviewed Greg and some other like I think we interviewed about 20 CHROs of the most the biggest uh, healthcare systems in the US mm -hmm. um, every single one of us to, uh, every single one of them told us the clinical capacity shortage is their biggest problem so it's all about clinical and and not surprisingly because of course if you've ever been to a hospital or to a to a doctor Who's going to provide your care? It's not the data scientists, right? It's, right. it's going to be the clinical people. It's going to be the nurses. Yes. So nursing shortage, I think no news to anybody. Um, nursing shortage is a massive issue in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And um, 
especially after the pandemic or through the pandemic, a lot of nurses were leaving the profession. A lot of nurses actually, average age of nursing uh, nurses is 52. So right. a lot of them are close to retirement. And in the pandemic and beyond, a lot of them decided actually to retire. Um, I read a, like a study over the weekend, which kind of blew my mind that in a, in a bad way, actually, mm. that every hour on average, two nurses get physically assaulted by their patients. Oh, so it's a, it's, a, it's not a good profession to be in, right. but yet it's such a passionate, such a mission-driven mm. profession. Everybody comes to that profession because they care about patients, right? So, right. And one thing, and from again, just speaking when we spoke to Greg, that he was doing was, and and he took the example of the average age of nurses being around that age, yeah. And then he pointed out the average shift being twelve hours, right? And yes. He, and why is that? Because it's been done for a long time, and maybe some people love that, right? But others don't want to be on their feet for twelve. No. Hours. And yeah. so he was innovating and yes. deconstructing jobs in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when and the deconstructing jobs is actually the biggest opportunity that orga- healthcare organizations can do. So when we studied. Um, now, through the lens of talent intelligence, the mm-hmm. nursing profession, mm-hmm. there's like six different big nursing roles that we studied and different mm-hmm. skill sets, different education and all of that. Uh, nursing jobs are growing rapidly still. Mm-hmm. So the need for nurses is going to be bigger and bigger. We predicted that by 2025 to 2025, it, the nursing profession is going to grow by 13%. Wow. So lots and lots more nurses that will be needed. Right now in the U.S. we have 5.8 million nurses. By 2025, we'll need 6 million nurses. Um, and that doesn't sound so bad, right? So it might be a 200,000 people gap. But really what's happening under the covers is that um, we're going to lose a lot of the nurses because a lot of them opt out of the profession. Not a lot of them graduate. Um, as we identified um, also about, I think, 33% or something like that mm. are leaving the profession in the first two years when they enter the profession because it's just very stressful, it's very hard, it's physically demanding, people get assaulted. Mm. You did not expect that maybe when you graduated to be a nurse. So it's 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 not an easy profession to have. So mm. we identified and we quantified the nursing gap actually by 2025 is going to be 2.1 million people. Wow. So a third, every third nursing seat will be empty if nothing changes. And what are some of your recommendations coming out of yeah. this data? Yeah, so of course everybody tries to hire. So recruiting, of course, is still going to be a, a, like a fix to that solution. Mm-hmm. You've got to continue hiring, but recruiting is a short-term fix to a long-term, solu- uh, to a long-term problem, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's just not enough nurses to recruit. Mm-hmm. So we identified of these 2.1 million people, about 350,000 people can be hired into the profession. Of course, recruiting is important. Um, retaining people is also very important, like focusing on the employee experience, uh, helping people de-stress, um, providing childcare, on-site childcare, mm-hmm. on-demand pay. For example, paying people right when they are when they are um, when they work, not waiting for two weeks or a month basically until they get paid. Mm-hmm. All of these employee experience solutions, yeah, they're also going to help, but still, they're not going to make up for the entire gap. So about 450,000 maybe um, uh, positions can be retained in the profession. 
wow. then um, you also need to reskill. And reskilling is a longer term and more strategic solution because, of course, you don't just take an online class and then you're a nurse, right? So right. Um, it's career pathways. And that the stories that we heard from Greg, for example, is like really fascinating. So they are all offering, including Providence Health and m many others, uh, offering tuition free or like free, cost free education to people to graduate into nursing. Wow. Um, so they are paying for their education and they're paying them while they work there. But not only that, what uh, Providence is also doing, they're actually partnering with Amazon Ooh. to, um, Amazon is training up their warehouse workers who are going to be displaced at some point because of automation and robots and all of that to wow. train them into entry-level nursing roles, so nursing wow. aid roles. And then as soon as they graduate, they're going to be placed into Providence. So they have a guaranteed wow. job. So they're going from this low, low level, like physically very stressful mm -hmm. and just dead end job, basically very mm -hmm. lowly paid mm -hmm. into a nursing profession. And then they can keep up into an RN role and LPN and LVN role. So they are going to be going from this like lower end, uh, like education uh, job to this future proof kind of job of nursing and Amazon pays for it. And Amazing. We actually asked Amazon, why do you do that? And it was so interesting because it sounded altruistic or something like that. And, yes. and the people from Amazon told us, well, first, we don't want to lay all these people off. And second, um, we give them more, they, they earn more money and where are they going to spend it? They're going to spend <laughs> it on Amazon, right? So it's, wow. it's good for everybody and it's good for communities, of course, too, because yeah. sometimes these are people that nobody in their in their family has ever had a graduate like graduated from college or had a degree or something right. like that, and they show their communities. Of course, too, you can do it, right? It's so interesting, and I, I just have to go back to, of course, you're with the Josh Burson Company. Josh did the big keynote yes. yesterday, and I don't think I've ever seen that many people in one room ever in my life. It was just like <laughs> standing room only. I mean, there was thousands and thousands, it looked like, people. Um, and he, obviously, an amazing presentation, but one slide where he's just showing the complexity. And he, he was essentially saying, everyone's going to need to collaborate. Yes. <laughs> right, right? Yes. It, it seemed like that was a message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like collaborating across the enterprise, of course, is very, very important. Yeah. And across like different industries even, right? right? So that Providence, Amazon collaboration is right. kind of very powerful, I think, because and it helps everybody, right? It's a win-win. And it's also right. a win for the communities and for society overall, because society right. can't function without nursing, right? Yeah. We can't function because one of us ourselves, some of our family members, our right. children, our friends, right. somebody's going to need care at some point, right? right. So, um, so, so those are, we call it the four R's and I talked mm. about recruiting, mm. reskilling um, and retaining. Mm. The fourth one is actually the most important one. Mm. The fourth one is redesign. So mm. redesigning work itself. So that has to do not with increasing supply, but decreasing demand for nursing. And that is actually the biggest solution of all. That nursing gap can only be closed. 850,000 nursing people won't actually be needed. So the gap is going to be only closed if you also decrease the demand for nurses. And how do you decrease the demand for nurses? You're going to deconstruct the work itself. And you're going to see how can lower level people, maybe or even machines, automation come in and take that work out of the nurses' hands, basically, that they don't have to do that. So, for example, mm -hmm. nurses do a lot of things that are not nursing, th like, tasks, basically. You don't have to be a nurse to give somebody discharge procedures, which is basically telling people, 
here's your medication, this is what you need to do. If you have a problem, you call your physician, those kind of things, mm -hmm. discharge procedures. You can train a high school graduate to actually give discharge procedures, but right now, the job of the nurse is not set up that way that somebody else comes in and says, okay, here's your discharge procedures, and the nurse only does what nurses have to do, mm. which is provide clinical care, right? So, all yes. um, me medication robots have been around for like literally 15, 20 years, but they're standing in a corner because the hospitals are not designed for it <laughs> because the, the, the alleys are too small. Right. So you're going to change the workflows, you're going to change even the real estate sometimes, because otherwise you can't use automation. But automation is much better in giving medication than a nurse, because they never make a mistake, right? right. <laughs> so it's right. So it's those kind of things that take the not so interesting and maybe the like disengaging th portions of the nurse's job away mm -hmm. and off, offset that or, or like load off to somebody lower skilled, lower level mm -hmm. or to a machine. Um, and so that's where the biggest opportunity is. But most companies are not investing in that a lot. So most people, they have, most organize, healthcare organizations, they have 500 recruiters yes. and they have like five people sitting in a corner maybe doing some workshops to redesign the work, right? right. So, but the biggest opportunity is in this redesign in the of the redesign. work itself. And once you do that, the work, it's also much easier to hire people because people say, oh my God, my job is like this. I want to join you because it's not this like dreadful job where you do maybe 30, 40% of your time on the things that you uniquely qualified for. And 60% of the time do you do like chart updates or like discharge procedures or anything like that. If you can tell a nurse, 90% of your time you're actually going to do what you love to do, what you're qualified to do, operate at the top of your license, there's a big concept in healthcare as well. Mm -hmm. That's a better job, it's easier to retain them, it's easier to reskill people into those jobs. Mm -hmm. Everything gets better, basically. And it's so interesting too, and another thing I think Josh mentioned was it, everyone's there's more service jobs basically right oh, there's more yes, customer absolutely. facing like human to human jobs which yes leads me to just finally asking you about the healthy organization kind of work that yes. you guys are doing that you're leading yes. it's so important because it really is and then how do you take care of those humans right yes it's very important yeah. yeah i mean what we find out when we studied health and well-being and we called it then the healthy organization was mm -hmm. um there's always a lot of perks that organizations try to give people to de-stress to do work-life balance and all of that but then people don't have time to take advantage of them we talked with a an organization a tech company and they said we gave people in the pandemic we gave people online yoga classes and people said the last thing I want to do is also have to do an online yoga class after I've been on Zoom calls for like 12 hours, right? I don't want to be on a Zoom yoga class afterwards. I just want to have not to work 60 hours a week, right? right. So we call that the healthy organization because we said, um, you're going to change it around and really make sure that your meeting practices, your work itself is set up for health and well-being, not add healthy stuff to the plate, basically. Nice. Not another thing that you have to do is ask to do health. It's yeah. going to be healthy at the core, basically. Wow, that's inspiring. So here's my final question to you, which is something we're asking everybody. As soon enough, I know it's uh, surprising, but we're, before we know it, it's going to be January 1st, 2023. Yes, very <laughs> we're soon. hurtling there. And any thoughts on a key word for HR or a key word that you're feeling that will be kind of the, the focus in 2023? 
I, I would say human-centered. I would say human-centered. We heard it yesterday in Josh's keynote too. At the bottom of all of the technology is actually humans, right? They have to work for humans. So technology needs to be human-centered. Your organization needs to be human-centered. Um, leadership needs to be human-centered. Um, putting the humans at the center of it, not just HR humans, but employees, right? Yeah. Human-centered, I would say. Wonderful. Well, I've got goosebumps. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Kathy. We're so grateful. You're very busy. Oh, um, it was awesome. Yes, it was and a great conversation. Thank yes, you so much for Enjoy the rest of the conference. Me. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.